Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here. Another episode of KJV Cafe. Who's excited? I'm excited. I'm so thankful to be here. I hope you are too. Hopefully you're having a great day, a great week, a great year, a great season, uh, whatever else great there could be. Hopefully you're doing wonderful. Amen. Uh, you know, remember all good things come from God. So give him the praise and the glory for all that's good in your life. And look, we're doing good here. I've got a drawing of a deer on my mug, and it's not a, a kid drawing. It's like an adult uh, rendering of a big buck on, on my mug, and it's full of coffee, so I can't complain, amen. And we're diving in here to part two of uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, amen. We're looking at being made in God's image, which I uh, ignorantly thought we could cover in one episode. And then I realized, nah, it's going to take a little longer because it's a big deal to be made in God's image. For those that may be struggling with um, confidence or self-esteem, those struggling with trials in life, never forget that the Bible says here in Genesis 1.27 that you are made in God's image. And I'm going to read that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. Never forget that, that you are made in God's image. You know, in this society, especially, especially for young people, it's really hard to feel like you, you're, you're living up to what's put on social media. In my era, it would be like what was put on cable TV. You know, in this era, it's probably social media on the mobile phone. It's so hard to feel like you look at whatever person is the influencer, the big name, or you look at whatever groups are popular and you look at how they're living and you look at how they look or what they're doing. You say, how can I keep up with that? Right. And here is a tip. I believe the Lord would have you to know you don't have to keep up. You're made in God's image. You know what? If you don't fit the mold, oh, well. I was always like one, I was always pretty much the biggest kid in my class, not just weight, but height also big and tall, man. I always stuck out, like totally stood out. I remember being in like, I think it was like sixth or seventh grade, going to the sports store to try to get a uh, piece of equipment for, for a sport I was playing. And I was wearing a Penn state hat and the, uh, person at the clerk said, what year are you at Penn state? I said, man, I'm in like sixth grade. I was always non non-conforming because of just how God made me, you know? And, um, I feel like that's how a lot of people are, you know, they, they, you know, you don't fit the mold. Maybe you're, you're bigger than most people. Maybe you're taller than most people. Maybe, uh, you go to bed early and everyone stays up late. You know, maybe you stay up late and everyone goes to bed early. You know, maybe you, uh, you love to paint and nobody does. Maybe you can't stand art, but you love to read. And people think, what are you up to? Look, we are made in the image of God. And so how God made you is enough, okay? Like 
God loves you and he made you a certain way. You know, if I went to God and I said, Lord, uh, I'm just this tall or whatever, you know, or if someone was short and, oh, Lord, I'm just this short. Well, who made you that way? You didn't like define your height and weight before, you know, you were born, but God did. The Bible says he knew you before uh, you were born. He knew you when you were in the womb. Amen. It's amazing. You know, when our kids ask, like CJ or Jenny, the younger ones will ask, uh, we'll tell a story about Kobe's much older, our oldest, or we'll tell a story about, you know, mommy and daddy before uh, they were born. And they'll ask, oh, was I here yet or was I in heaven? Because the way we describe it is, oh, no, you weren't born yet. You were in heaven with God. And the reason why we say that is because God knew them before they were born. So for us to just say, oh, you weren't born yet, that's only half the story. The other half of the story is God knew them. He knew them before they were born. And so we are made in God's image. God loves you, amen. If you have an issue today with any kind of like self-esteem or feel like you don't fit in, I'm right there with you. I dealt with that for a long time. And and you know what solved that, what cured that for me? 100% God himself. Because as you spend time in his word, you realize his great love for you uh, and the Holy Spirit living within you, the comforter helps comfort you and you become very comfortable. I think my wife said this morning, I think it was this morning or yesterday, she said, I've gotten to the point where I'm very comfortable uh, and okay with people thinking false things about me or something like that. And it's just touches on this idea that like when you've got the comforter, when you have God living within you, you just focus on God and the rest will take care of itself. And so what we're going to do here is get back into the scriptures, looking at uh, where it's mentioned about being made in God's image in the scriptures and what that, what that means for us right when we come back from this break. Stay tuned. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. All right, here we go. Back into the scriptures. We're looking at the verses that deal with being made in God's image. Last episode, we talked about this idea of how we are made in God's image. So we should keep that in mind when we treat others that are made in God's image a certain way. Like we shouldn't obviously shed blood. You know, you deal, there's so much crime out there. And I'm not going to go on a big, long tangent, though I could. And if you were in my car, you might hear me go off on one of these things. But uh, that's the privilege of being in my family. Sometimes I'll call it the extra sermon. But I'll go off on some of these things. Like all the restaurants around here. And, uh, you know, who doesn't like to go out and get food uh, at a restaurant, a good, tasty restaurant? They all have to keep their food, uh, the the ones that are more a quick service, they call them. They have to keep them behind the counter. Uh, if you order to go order, they used to put them on like bookshelves, which were more efficient. Someone could just come and help themselves. And now they're all behind the counter in this area because people kept stealing the food, right? So like the person, the thief, the, the thief of the food, if they were to maybe before they walk through that door, think about their stealing from someone that is made in the image of God, right? And I know the restaurant will make that person's food new, but yet they're stealing from the restaurant owner and on and on, you know, and so the prices go up for everybody on it's less efficient. They're doing this. They're stealing from someone made in the image of God. Second Corinthians four, four in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them, which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God should shine unto them. And so here we see in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, this principle that the devil, the little g God of this world, amen, 
That is, Jesus calls him the God of this world. How did he become God of this world? He tricked Adam and Eve into drinking, uh, from eating, excuse me, from eating the forbidden fruit, amen, uh, which led to the last Adam, Jesus Christ, having to drink that bitter cup of sin for all humanity to redeem all those that would believe on him. But that's how we fell into sin. In the Garden of Eden, fall into sin, Adam and Eve sin. What happens? Now the devil gets the keys to this world. Now the devil's in control. How all that hammered out why that is the case, God being supreme and creator of all, allowing the devil to come in and do those things, that is something I think we all learn about in the Bible, but don't fully understand until we meet God. Though, if I'm just taking a crack at it, it may have to do with the idea that man, uh, again, is prone to sin. That like man had everything he needed in the Garden of Eden and yet still sinned, right? And so, sadly... We have this situation and the devil is blinding those that believe not, that have unbelief, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So here's 2 Corinthians 4, 4, we learn that the light of Christ, he is the image of God. And so now we have something really interesting. In Genesis 1, 27, we're told that we are made in the image of God. And here in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Paul's writing that here is the image of God, it is Christ. And the image of God being Christ is one that actually came to the earth. And so here you have something that is like multi-layered in uh, truth and in God's word. It's incredible. It's poetic. God was like, I'm making you guys in the image of God. Every, everybody, man and woman, you're in the image of God. Okay, You're in my image. And I'm going to send myself through the person of Christ, my son, who is the image of God in that form of a bodily person to then redeem mankind, first by offering the kingdom to the Jews and then once being rejected, going to Calvary to die for all that would believe. That's deep. Like he is both in embodying a human body that is in the image of God, and yet he is also truly the image of God. And one example of that I've heard many times taught is, you know, when you have the wise men go and see Christ and they're adoring Christ, maybe you have a Christmas katata or Christmas play, or you just hear a lot of scripture, like out of the book of Luke around Christmas, dealing with this, the the wise men beholding Christ and the angels adoring Christ. Well, that was the first time that the angels were seeing, as I understand it, they're seeing Christ in human form. That's the first time they're seeing the true image of God. And so they're beholding him. Like, Whoa, this is what God looks like in person, right? And you always have to keep that in mind when you're in your Bible, you're reading red letter text. Keep in mind that that dialogue that's happening is between man and not just another man, but the Christ, God himself. And it makes it so profound because you'll see like Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and scribes. That's God rebuking the Pharisees and scribes, right? Jesus reasoning with Nicodemus, you know, the famous chapter, John 3. You know, Nicodemus is like trying to figure out how this stuff is working. And Jesus, from a man perspective, is saying, look, you're a great ruler and leader here. You don't know this. You know, you don't know how to be born again. But that's God speaking to him, right? And so we see the depths of God's poetry in both making us in the image of Christ and creating uh, a body, a human form that, that, that had Christ in that form for that season. And I'm careful because we speak of Christ in earthly terms, like his death, burial, and resurrection, but Christ is eternal. 
And so his earthly sojourn did not, does not sum up who he is in the Bible. Like when he came to earth, right, you have uh, AD or BC and AD and so forth. When he came to earth, that wasn't the beginning of Christ. That was simply the beginning of Christ in earthly form, or like a Bible word to be like incarnation, right? That's Christ in the earthly form. That's his, what we call oftentimes his earthly ministry. But Jesus was from the beginning, as John 1, 1 tells us. He was from the beginning. He created all. He is all. Amen. All of it, right? Jesus Christ is eternal. He is part of the three-in-one God at head, the, the co eternal Christ. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? And then John 1 goes on to tell us that Jesus created everything. That's also in 1 John as well. So we understand that that image of God is both us and also can be Christ. James 3, 8 through 10, this is a really, I love this verse, it's so poignant and so relevant today. James 3, 8 through 10. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we, uh, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. So we have... In verse 9, the similitude of God, that's like the image of God. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. And so you see here that we have a, a, a problem sometimes recognizing others as being made in the image of God. It's much easier to tell ourselves we're made in the image of God, because who doesn't want to compliment themselves or um, have themselves on a high level like that, right? But it's much harder when we're talking about someone and they're made in the image of God. Like the idea is, the, you know, if you're grieved by someone's behavior, maybe God is too. The difference is God is the judge. He is the creator. He is the master of all things. And we are simply made in his image, but also that individual is too. So regardless, we have to be very careful what we say because oftentimes our tongue will get us into trouble. And that could be a whole series of messages. But regardless, that helps us to understand what it means to be made in the image of God. And you see here a second parallel comparison to don't do something against someone made in the image of God like that, because they are made in the image of God. The first one would be don't shed their blood. All right, we're out of time. Tune in next time. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at Clark at EnduringPromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.